0: Welcome to my special Campaign Shop Independent Summer 2021 podcast series. We have so many exciting things planned, but I thought one of the best ways to spread the message of supporting small businesses is right here on my podcast. Bow your head and let your eyelids close on down. Where we're going, you won't need to bring your frown. A huge thank you to Dell Technologies, NatWest and Royal Mail, our small business supporters for joining us to bring Campaign Shop Independent to life this summer. They truly believe in the colour, creativity and magic that small businesses brings to the UK and so join forces to support this community and encourage everyone to understand the impact of voting with their money. So for the next four weeks as part of the campaign, I will be bringing you inspiration from the UK's most exciting independent small businesses and asking them what it means to them when you support small This week, we have two very exciting businesses who are both successfully growing their companies at a phenomenal rate, but who are also passionate about other small businesses along the way. Collaboration and creativity are part of their brand's DNA and have both inspired me with their brilliant business advice. First up, we have Steffi Smith, the inspiring female founder behind the mouthwatering brand The Chocolate Smiths, handcrafting utterly creative sweet treats which not only capture the imagination but also the audience on Instagram too, as well as supporting other delicious small businesses through their collaboration chocolate bars. The Chocolate Smiths regularly release new limited edition chocolates, and it is so exclusive that you have to be so fast to get your hands on some, partly due to Joe Wicks, whose four million followers suddenly descended on their business after he mentioned them in an Instagram story. Their business changed overnight, the orders flooded in, and Stephanie's now running a business that she's trying to keep up with. So I just can't wait for this one. Oh, hello Steffi. It's so nice to see you. I was just talking to you about when I started my podcast, I used to have to record my intro in my wardrobe, which yeah. was not necessarily conducive of the fact I get so hot. You're in your store cupboard, is that right?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a very big storeroom, but I'm at the very end of it because there's just no room in this building to get a like two minutes it to
0: yourself. So yeah, I've come into the storeroom and shut the door. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah. I love it. And <laughs> tell me about your business and how it started, because am I right in thinking it was 2014 from the kitchen table? Yes, it
1: was. Yeah. Um. So back in 2013, December 2013, I was made redundant, but I'd already had all the plans done for the Chocolatesmiths. So I really wanted to start um, because I was chocolateering at the time for a different business, but I really, really wanted to pursue my own ideas and, mm-hmm. um, I really wanted to make fun chocolate where people had like more of an experience eating it and enjoyed eating it and just felt what I felt like the passion for it, you know? So I, I kind of wanted to spread that about. And, um, I said to my dad, I, I really want to start business because my dad has run a business for 30 years. He's a financial advisor and he's very enthusiastic kind of about ideas and stuff so I I put this to and he said well how much would you need to start the business and I said well two grand um because I budgeted everything you'd need to do a market kind of um all the chocolate that I would need all the molds that I'd need and yeah he said okay well if that's what you need then then here you go here is two grand which was very I was very lucky there and um started making it from from my house. Uh, started making 30 bars at a time with a microwave and a jug. It was a labour of love. It really was. Started on time off market and started to get into retailers and it just grew from there really. Oh my goodness. It's a, yeah. it's a
0: real story of an entrepreneur who wanted to do something. Nothing was going to stop them. Mm-hmm. It actually didn't take too much for you to start. Do you know what I mean? Like it wasn't... No. Huge amounts, but you needed almost all the perfect storm, all Mm -hmm. those things to align, you know, to be made redundant, your dad able to give you a little bit to start with, all these things. But one of the things that's coming across for me Mm -hmm. is this passion for chocolate, right? And creativity. Mm -hmm. Tell me where your passion of chocolate came from, because this is the best place to start a business.
1: My passion for chocolate comes from... From having a passion for having fun, having a laugh, not taking yourself too seriously. And chocolate's fun to eat, it's good to eat. So, yeah. yeah and and it's, I kind it's, of, it's one of your five a day obviously yeah <laughs> it's five of my five a day
0: <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a 10 of your five a day sometimes, you know sometimes. it doesn't matter. <laughs> i mean what i when we talk about creativity and this mm-hmm. is for those who might not know your chocolate bars you know you most recently collaborated with the march hair Bakers yes. mm-hmm. who create gourmet macaroons yep. where you created a bar and this mm-hmm. is where it blows my Mind. Mm-hmm. You made it from three macaroons, yep. flavored candy flask, yep. unicorn, yep. because you know, unicorn. the birthday cake yep. covered in your chocolate, mm-hmm. filled with mm-hmm. white chocolate spread mm-hmm. and raspberry sauce. Yes. And it's frigging beautiful <laughs> and it's splattered <laughs> nice. with wonderful colored chocolate. Yes. It is actually a bit ridiculous, but you made 7,000 of these bars yes. and they sell out instantly. It's a
1: Absolutely mad. So yeah, basically, so that's part of the collaboration bar project, something I'm very, very passionate about. I kind of use the Chocolate Smith to channel that and kind of spread the word about handmade items and, and the people behind the product. That's what the collaboration chocolate bar is about. So a few years ago, I just got a little bit fed up of how much for a chocolate bar? Oh, must be made of gold. And um, I thought, well, rather than get annoyed about it, let's kind of educate people um, yep. and show them why handmade items are so special and kind of what goes into them. So I found this business called The Cookie Mill through uh, some food bloggers. We, we'd never met. We just messaged on Instagram. I thought his cookies looked amazing. Uh, they are amazing. And I said, look, I've got this idea for the collaboration chocolate bar. Let's put your cookies in a mammoth chocolate bar because he does these deep dish cookies that are just amazing and we'll call it the collaboration chocolate bar and on the packaging will be two hands doing a handshake um to show kind of two businesses coming together and making something and on the inside of the wrap it can have your story on it and you can tell everybody about the cookie mill where to buy why you started it'll have a picture of you on it and it'll being all about promoting the person so Rich was really on board with this and the very first run of collaboration bars that we did we did 150 of them and they sold out in 20 minutes and And I cried I cried I'd never experienced yeah. anything like it I thought it was amazing and the thought that his story was getting into every single person's hands yes. you know and people yes. were reading about him I thought that's brilliant it's going to be great for his business and the collaboration project we do it four times a year with different businesses so
0: and now We're selling 7,000. You just said that, you know, we want to talk about the handmade aspect. And it made me realise just looking at you in your store cupboard with whatever you've got going on today, the cost of you, the cost of who works with you, Mm -hmm. the cost of that chocolate. No doubt it is beautiful chocolate. No doubt you've got the ingredients that are doing good for the planet. Mm -hmm. You know, all these things that now slightly we take for granted that a small business does all of that. Mm-hmm. It does all of the thinking for you, yeah. right? It supports real human beings, et cetera, et cetera. And then there is this sort of lack of knowledge or understanding that if you want to have that chocolate bar, that is what it costs, Yeah, okay? That's That is the difference. And what we talk about in this campaign, Shop Independent, is voting with your money you know you can actually put your money towards this quality chocolate bar that supports another small business it's the stories it keeps them going yeah or you can put it into a sort of landfill of chocolate bars I, I just love that talk to me more about sort of what goes into a small business? You know, if, oh, if we had that negative, you yeah. know, is your chocolate bar made of gold? Yeah. yeah you want to yeah, go, yeah. actually, Nancy, it's not, <laughs> but. It's not, no. <laughs> um, so, I wish it was, because I
1: then I would not be here uh, making chocolate yeah. bars. Yeah. Oh, gosh, there's everything, isn't there? To sum it up, everything goes into a small business. First off, well, you've got the person running it, learning as they go. There's no rule book. You have to learn everything yourself and kind of um, forge your own path. No one's there saying, oh, now you've got this many staff, you'll actually need this insurance or you'll need that. You kind of have to really find everything out for yourself um, by talking to other small business owners and, you know, what have you yeah I mean we've got how many chocolatiers now we've got eight chocolatiers now mm-hmm. that they're on split shifts so we have a six till two and a two till ten shift every day so mm-hmm. the, our building's open from like 6am in the morning till 10pm at night um, we have rappers coming and going all the time we have people packing orders full time and then amongst that we're also trying to cope with the growth that we have seen I mean everything goes into what we do all the ideas you just never you never turn off never. everything goes in the passion that everyone here puts so much love and effort into everything that they do and i couldn't be prouder of everybody here we're a real community here and um it's really important to me that everyone is on the same page. So, um, and everyone here is really awesome. Tell me about,
0: um, your, um, collaborations. Have you got mm-hmm. a, uh, a sort of a list of people that you want to collaborate with, or is there a dream collaboration that you, you think about? Uh,
1: so we have the next four collaboration bars planned, which takes us into mid next year. actually only do four a year. Otherwise we'd make nothing else because <laughs> they are a labor of love. Um, so, no, basically, we just collaborate with people who have a great product. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we always try the product first. Uh, we always order from them, try the product, and then approach them and yeah. um, find out their story and kind of everything behind That's it. That's a hard bit of
0: market research, huh? Yeah, to... so hard.
1: So, so hard. hard. <laughs> and it's a business expense as well, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. well, yeah, some might say that, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we actually got around to doing our expenses hey I go through um phases (laughs) where I literally order 10 different things from 10 different businesses and I and and I just have this surge of like oh we could collaborate with them and I just seem to find all these people at once and order all this stuff and then it all comes and I'm like please can somebody try that because I am so
0: full (laughs) If if i can't my help goodness, myself i'm full of collaboration <laughs> ideas um now listen i was you're in the stockroom. you said it's mm-hmm. actually uh, the end of the stockroom, and yes. so for those who aren't listening it's yep. actually quite big yeah um what are your thoughts on scaling as as because your demand is going through the roof yes what's your thoughts there because it feels like you're an ambitious um founder who wants to take your business all the way i definitely do i've got really
1: big plans for this um So basically, uh, about three years into the business, we hit a bit of a brick wall. Uh, we were doing a lot of um, wholesale, um, mm-hmm. barely any online retail at all. And it took me a while to discover that that online for us is definitely where we fit and it's the way because forward. Because you had
0: a dream, didn't you? Because you wanted to be stocked in Selfridges. That was one of your dreams. That was one of my
1: dreams, it was. Um, and and we, we were always stocked there for a bit. Um, not, not London, um, Birmingham, Manchester. But for us, it just
0: wasn't the right path. It just it just wasn't the right path. What were you also um, for those listening, mm-hmm, you know, they mm-hmm. they are um small businesses as well. So what was it about wholesale that didn't work for you? The the margins, I guess, you know, mm-hmm. we were we were literally
1: working so hard. I mean, sometimes 24 hours um yeah. nonstop yeah. just to fulfill a Christmas order and then getting Little to no reward, which is no way, it's not a sustainable mm. business. It's no mm-hmm. way. Also, you kind of have this mentality. Well, I did when I first started. I think I was very young, very naive. I was 22. I literally thought I was going to take on the world and, and didn't care. And, um, and I think it's a very easy mentality to um, kind of fall into when you first start business. That you kind of punish yourself. Um, I must work hard or the rewards will not come. If I... Don't get barely any sleep. I'll not reap rewards. Oh. And, um, you know, this kind of i know that mentality, yes. it's poisonous. It's not good. You know, I would be stood on markets and I'd hear people almost competing for how little sleep they got. Well, I've stayed up till this time and I've made this or I've done this. And it took me a long time to realize you can't live your life like that.
2: Also, Mm -hmm.
1: it's not the way forward. It really isn't. You have to look after yourself as well. Um, But we discovered, about three years in, we discovered Instagram and started posting on there. And our online following grew and grew and grew. And then we got to our unit that we were in last year. And it was going really, really well. Um, I'd also had two kids during all this too, so it was very, very full on. Um, so My it was good. Oh gosh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So it was going. It was going really, really well. We had uh, four staff last year, and um, we're in an eight hundred square foot unit. And um, and I remember looking around in October and thinking, we have to move. We have to move. We've got no room here. What are we going to do next year? So we moved to this unit, 2,700 square foot. And we had nine staff. We took on, like, another chocolatier and a full-time order packer. And I was like, great. Like, we've got loads of room to grow. (laughs) Opened on the 7th of February. And everything was brilliant. And we were sending orders out the same day. I was jumping on Instagram. We'd never done that before. We'd never been in that position. I was like, if you place an order today, it will get sent out today. Like, isn't that fantastic? Wow, can you believe it? 20th of February came. And the amazing Joe Wicks mentioned us on Instagram. He gave us a really big shout out, talked about our business, our passion, not just about the products. Um, and I think that's what did it. So we went from 50,000 followers to like 137,000 followers in the space of at two days or something. Like It was oh crazy. I know, I know. And I thought, right, I'm so pleased we have this unit
0: because... <laughs> <laughs> i don't know yes. what we would have done it was like um, you dreamt it or you manifested him doing because you were prepared weren't you because yes. what was unbelievable i mean joe i interviewed him and he's oh. someone in is a wonderful human being yes. who really is passionate yeah. about small businesses mm-hmm. and he shone this light on you but w- w- how many orders did you have overnight so we had
1: 1700 orders when he yeah. Uh, mentioned us and then they woke up the next day we had 1200 orders but we sold out of everything that we had in stock everything
0: oh my and I thought oh my
1: yeah just off the scale and I was like right what are we gonna do (laughs) like only honestly only now in the past probably week I'm actually properly properly putting the foundations in for where we're going from here I've kind of been flying because you've been having
0: to just Tread water and just keep up, have you?
1: Yeah, well, we're not keeping up. So that's this yeah. is the thing. Even four months later, so we're still mm. not keeping up. Um, so we're, we've got 24 staff now, um, which is fantastic. But I'm looking at this premises and even... Thinking. <laughs>
0: yes, I am. <laughs> even with the... Um, um, this the- is not big enough. No.
1: <laughs> even if we had 24-7 production, it's still not enough because... We have plans mm. for subscription boxes for advent calendars, limited edition things um other other stuff as well and that will not be possible. We'll always be yes. so stretched
0: here so um yeah, so there are big plans afoot now yes. <laughs> uh, I mean yeah. what's just so it's it's amazing, isn't it because sometimes when you have those moments of reflection mm-hmm. like you just mentioned you yes. were you were same day delivery yeah you were <laughs> checking your Instagram, you were like, okay. Yeah. This is good, right? Yeah. This is good. Yeah. Normally, yeah. I mean, just a, a word of insight here from my mm-hmm. from my career. Yeah. Not to you, but to all the listeners. That's normally when either something unbelievable happens or shit hits the fan. Yeah. Like it, <laughs> it, it, it's not like you can just no. go, oh yeah, this is just so nice, isn't is it? it? You Never. Know, something, Never. Something goes on. But oh, I yeah. also, um, Steffi, I've noticed this huge shift in small business world in mm-hmm. the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and I suppose it's a result of social media. Yeah. Um, by doing these product drops rather than stock always being available and at volume. Mm -hmm. Um, Almost like limited edition patches um, Mm -hmm. which then you sort of get a notification of when it's ready Mm -hmm. and I'd love to hear more about this because one of the things I noticed at Not in The High Street was, you know, we're getting yep. ready for Christmas. People yep. didn't understand how many, what should I make? What volume yep. should I make? Yep. And you have stock issues, yes. storage issues. Mm-hmm. So you're always preparing for the yep. unknown mm-hmm. rather than knowing and then preparing. Yes, 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 Tell me about this way of selling and if, if it's the pros and cons, because it yep. could also be limiting as yes. well. Yes, it is limiting because... Okay, so
1: um, we've done limited edition stock drops for a while um, for the collaboration bars, for example. Yes, okay. Definitely creates more of a demand, I would say. But also, it's a, the. the um, collaboration bars we work on it like a pre-order basis because the small business has to make the stuff it has to get to us and then but we like to sell it first so we then know how much to plan for yes yeah rather than make all the 7,000 chocolate bars with fresh macarons in and then what if they didn't go um they're Mm -hmm. all no good Mm -hmm. and also the logistics of being able to send out 7,000 chocolate bars within the span of the shelf yes. life so you have to kind of think about all this stuff and all these all these things we've learned from experience from doing
0: um, yes so <laughs> from dead stock right? yes yeah yes, i mean this much. is it, it's yeah. all part of the the yep. thing of a small business isn't mm-hmm. it you've got to trial and error but yep. so that's the pro i suppose isn't yes. it because you on your collaboration bars mm-hmm. you know what you're dealing with yep. right and Definitely. the customer knows when it's going out and yep. so you get pre-orders so you yes. you you ask people yep. to pay for it yep. so you know right we've got the funds etc because
1: et this is also a thing with kind of the wholesale sometimes you're waiting up to 90 days for payment for the little money that you're getting flow, for the little money that you're getting yeah so um that's pretty tough in itself whereas online it does open up this whole new world of never God, I can't even tell you the amount of sleepless nights I had. You know, in the first three years of the chocolate smiths, I still have sleepless nights now. Obviously, but yeah. not at least it's it's not about well they haven't Hand paid us mouth. yet and they're not paying yeah. us and uh, and yeah. So um, it I feel so like confident in, in the fact that everyone, all of my staff are looked after. They're yeah. like I don't have to worry yeah. about them. So yeah, that's it's that's the,
0: really it's, good. there's nothing like it, is there? No, the, there's the, not. The, the, when you become a employer. Mm-hmm. The weight of I mean always your your salary goes out the window yep. instantly. Yes. You know, and always it's last. insta- always lasts. Yeah. And then you say, as long as everyone needs to get paid, but it's mm. that sick feeling when you're in your overdraft, you can't go over your overdraft limit. Yeah. You've got debtors. Yeah. You can't get that money. No. So actually on principle, your business is working. Yeah. It's just the bloody cash flow is exactly. not there. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And um I remember uh, someone said to me, and he must have looked at me when I was about 22 and thought, oh, gosh, Steffi, you're so naive. And he was like, cash flow is king. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he was like, no, no, cash flow is king. Like, it's yeah. you have to look after your cash flow. And uh, he's so, so right. It really is. So sp- spot yeah. on.
0: And so what are the cons then of so, um, product drops? So we're doing these daily stock
1: uploads and the stock is selling within a... I mean, I think the longest it's lasted is 10 minutes and we're talking of mm. uh, like 1200 chocolate bars a day. So, and yes. we can only make and wrap and pack so much. So it, there's a there's a pro to that because then you can manage your growth. We decide how much we want to put on. The con is whether you can then take the backlash from it because there is going to be backlash. People mm-hmm. are going to miss out. There's nothing you can do about it. And that has been a very hard thing to accept. And I think the the massive con to this is making sure you do not take it personally. Like that is so yeah. hard. Yeah, I mean,
0: I always almost would want to turn off comments.
1: I have been tempted, but I'm not, because I, I I always say to Chris, um, because we've had some very. I mean, don't get me wrong, ninety nine percent of people amazing. Yeah. And I, I said to Chris, I will always listen to customers, and I always will face what they have to say. Um, this is this is the chocolate, smith. I'm proud of it and I'm not going to think, well, I don't need to look at that. I'm going to turn it off. Like, it's, I guess... I'm a kind of my own worst enemy because I'm like, well, it's my burden to bear, so I'll just bear it,
0: yeah. And 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 in a way, you get to hear, you know. But the problem is, then we listen to it, right? So yeah. you are almost like, you know, whip me, um, but yes, then that's I won't. I, like. I, I yeah, whip me, whip me. But yeah. I promise you, I won't say it hurts. Yes, I, I'll, I'll just pretend it doesn't hurt. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah. it's a very exactly. difficult thing because actually, a lot of I, I think a lot of growth <laughs> comes through. Yeah. The 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 comments are negative, but as an entrepreneur it it turns something in your mind and it could Definitely. be the idea to doing something. Definitely. And also, isn't it that we say, customers, do you wanna come on this journey with me? Yeah. Well, okay, but then it's not just a smooth ride from no. here to a decade's time. Yeah. So this is so be part of my growth. Yeah. My growth is gonna be bumpy like a roller coaster. Yeah. So but come and be part of it and that's potentially what you're doing by not turning off those comments you're yeah. slightly going okay but this is what's and all this yeah. is what happens yeah
1: yeah yeah definitely and uh You take a lot on your shoulders, don't you? And Mm. I think we do need to give
0: ourselves a break sometimes. We really do. I know. Because we're so obsessed, it becomes sort of like this chocolate whirlwind that you sort of like in in your obsession. You're in North Shields and Newcastle is definitely somewhere I'd love to visit one day on my campaign tour. Mm -hmm. Um, Tell me about the community there, because you also had a high street shop in Newcastle. What do you think about your local community and the high street as a whole? I think ours is pretty good, actually. There's a lot of independents popping up.
1: We've got a fantastic pasta place in central Newcastle, but they've actually just gotten a unit in the metro centre. And I thought, wow. finally, I thought, oh, it's so good to have a small business in the, or like yeah. a local business in the metro centre amongst all the kind of big chain Chains. restaurants. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Um. But our high street, I think it's pretty good. Like, it's there's a lot of independents popping up. A lot of foodie places. Gosh, like. If you'd have told me, what, seven, eight years ago, this will be like foodie central... But you know, no. Oh, it's the place to be. Like
0: I don't feel like I have to travel to get anything. It's it's fantastic, isn't that amazing? So you shut down your shop because it wasn't for you, and wholesale's not for you. Do you think that this is just part of as we were just saying that the Mm -hmm. journey of a small business? You you try things, and it either works, and you take it on for the rest of your you know your business journey, Mm -hmm. or you're able to say no, that bit's not for me. And I think that that takes a bit of confidence to not believe it's failure
1: yeah definitely like we were pretty much 100% wholesale for like three years and once I started discovering kind of the online side of things um it really turned my head and I thought do we need wholesale anymore oh but I don't want to get rid of it because I'm so used to doing it but I mean I'd like to do wholesale again in the future but when we are bigger more established and I can find my feet yeah 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 it doesn't make um sense sending like 100 chocolate bars off to a shop when they can literally go to individual Mm -hmm. people online who are trying to get them so yeah yeah. and get Mm -hmm.
0: full retail I'm a hundred percent um finally at the end so as I said this is campaign shop independent summer Mm -hmm. 2021 podcast special um so it is all about spreading knowledge spreading the voice of small businesses getting Mm -hmm. people to vote with their money it's okay for christmas yep fine that they all supported it in a pandemic thank goodness Yep, but we need it every day right that's every single day so what does it mean to you when someone votes with their money and buys your delicious Mm. chocolate and supports your small business
1: i i like literally one word unbelievable I can't believe it. I remember being on Time Out Market when I saw my first Bazaar bar and was like, sure you want to pay me money for that? I made it. (laughs) It was a really weird concept to me. And I always, I have this chocolatier's handbook and I wrote it from the heart. And it's very easy when you're stood in that kitchen to disassociate yourself with the person who's going to open it. Never forget that. Someone is paying for that product. Someone who is supporting us And Mm -hmm. I always stress to the staff, keep the customer at the forefront of your mind. They're so important, so important. And it just, it is unbelievable. I still get that feeling. Are you sure you want to pay for that? We made it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I love it, (laughs) Stephanie. How many chocolate bars did you send out last year? Uh, Well, we sent out 20,000 orders last year, but this Mm. year
1: we've done... Probably close to 36 already. 36,000. Already? Orders. Yes.
0: Yeah. So when you're questioning <laughs> yourself on one chocolate bar, yeah. yeah. 36,000 orders, and that's yeah. not chocolate bars. No. There could be multiple chocolate yeah. bars. I mean, that is Crazy. unbelievable. So last question What are your favorite small businesses oh, that you might want oh to give a oh. shout out to? Well, The Whimsical Kitchen on
1: Instagram. She is fantastic. Brooklyn Brownie Company. Um, Absolutely amazing business, Uh, started with so much passion. Uh, we've got um, what the fudge or sorry want that fudge they've changed their name to and they do like the best fudge I've ever put in my mouth there's so honestly there's so the cookie people do oh oh,
0: gosh I could go on and on and on oh my god those are four that I think everyone's just written down and and going to be supporting after listening to you Sophie. honestly you are one to watch and you know I just think it's absolutely fantastic I admire your courage and your um gumption and your, you know, your ambition here. And I love how you're just riding with the knowledge and the fools and you're doing that thing. And you are just you're going to be one of those brands of the future I can just tell and and I'll say I spoke to her when she was in her storage room um you know (laughs) when she's just doing 36,000 orders halfway through the year you know it's (laughs) gonna be one of those moments but thank you so so much uh, for giving us your time today
1: lovely no thank you so much I really really appreciate it really appreciate it it's been lovely to talk to you
0: Throughout lockdown 2020, many local businesses thrived as communities turned to their local high street and small online businesses grew as customers sought them out when they needed help to show love to those who they were separated from. As part of Campaign Shop Independent, I'll be visiting local communities and towns across the country to encourage everyone to continue to support independence every day and not just in a pandemic. So from the 21st of June, look out for me coming to a town near you aboard my double-decker campaign bus. To follow the route, get involved, or find out more about the campaign, head to holly.co slash campaign. I'm speaking to the utterly inspirational founder of My Runway Group, Kojo Marfu whose main passion is empowering the next generation of black entrepreneurs and creators. His organization shines a light on young emerging creatives and black owned businesses who are held back by the inequalities and challenges that exist. I had the pleasure of popping into his most recent pop-up in Carnaby Street and on stepping into the space, I just knew I had to meet the founder. And so I couldn't wait to chat to Kojo. Hi Kojo, thank you so much for joining me on this very special Campaign Shop Independent podcast. You're sitting there in front of the most gorgeous lights. So already <laughs> I'm I'm finding myself spending virtual money. Tell tell me about where, where you're sitting, because I've popped into your wonderful shop a few weeks ago. Um but yes, where are you sitting?
2: Um, thank you for coming and um, visiting us as well. We really do appreciate that, Holly. And um, I'm saying downstairs. So the, the store has two floors. And downstairs is more exhibition kind of space. Um, we currently have a neon um, light exhibition by um, Yves Dehaan. Um, and then we also do have an art exhibition by Kobe Martin. And then we also do have like a print ex- exhibition by Peniel Enchil. So it's about three different artists that have having um, an exhibition downstairs and they're all for sale as well.
0: Yeah, it's it's an absolute must uh, see for anybody who's in Carnby Street. We're going to talk more about the shop, but I, I just wanted to, before we did that, Kojo, sure. have you always had a strong entrepreneurial spirit? Like, yeah. Yeah. where does it come from?
2: I, I was born and raised in Ghana and my mom did all sorts of different types of jobs. You know? So I've seen her open up stores to um, going overseas to ship over stuff back to West Africa. Um, she just done so many things. So I really was very much inspired by her entrepreneurism growing up. Um, and then when I kind of um, had to kind of have my entrepreneurship kick in, it was very much more of a survival um, space for me. You know, um, I was in university, in Covington University, um, studying aerospace engineering, I realized that I was going didn't.
0: to say, yeah, I read this. Hello, <laughs> yeah, aerospace sorry. engineering. This is uh, <laughs> not the natural path,
2: yes. So, I've always wanted to be a pilot growing up, um, and then um, I was advised in college to study aerospace engineering or aeronautical or aviation management, but that was a very bad advice, by the way, you don't have to do that for anyone listening to become a pilot. So I realized I didn't qualify for student loan or government grants. Um, so for me it was more a survival mode. So I needed to do something and stay in university, um, to be able to pay for my fees and my upkeep and my day to day. So I ended up getting into events, creative events. Um, and I've, I think every time i had done it, um, even though it was for the money um to stay in university it, it was well put together people really took well to it and a constantly a lot more people would want to be a part of it. So that literally what birthed me, um, doing a lot more creative, so a lot more people will be able to um, get involved in, in in the little platform or space that I curated whilst in Coventry University.
0: Before not the High Street, I started with events as well, right? right Bringing right. people together. Uh, yeah. And it was called Your Local Fair. And I basically nice. brought people together that I wanted. I loved what they did. And I thought it was, what is it? Because I'm like talking to a fellow of kindred course, spirit yeah, here. Yeah. What is it, do you think, that we like about bringing people together?
2: I mean, um, for some of us, I think the sense of or the spirit of community is really much more into our fibre and everything that we do. Mm. So for anything that I produce, for anything that I create or anything that I project manage, I just, I'm looking at the social impact of it and 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 what a better way to create a better world than bringing different types of people together. And I like the spirit of football Um, in the aspect of sports, you know, people might not speak the same language, but when they they wear the same, you know, jerseys to support the same team, they're they're on the same, you know, platform, they're on the same front. And that's the same with the creative arts in general. And I feel like when people connect to something, they just have a similar interest to it. And in that particular moment or that particular period, race doesn't matter, you know, color doesn't matter, you know, Mm. background doesn't matter. And that is what is, I feel like we need more of to break these barriers down, to have a better community, you know, for the next generation, to not see colour, to not see underrepresentation, but only just connect if you have a similar interest in anything at all.
0: Oh, I love this. What, oh, what a moment I'm having with you just to talk like this. And (laughs) and for those of you um, listening, um, you might not have heard of My Runway Group. So was it born out of this love of bringing people together?
2: Yes, it was born out of, bringing people together. So My Runway Group currently is a youth empowerment organization um, with a focus on emerging creatives um, and black businesses. Um, originally, like I said, the whilst university um, when produced the very first creative production called My Runway Show. And that was a, a creative production that merged fashion, music, you know, creative direction, poetry, art, all together. Um, so we had different people. Um, um, coming from different parts of Midlands working on the same production and then we just realised no this has a lot more than just the creative production there's a lot of youth development going on here there's a lot of charity initiatives that's going on here there's a lot of um, peer-to-peer mentoring so build a business model around it to see that you know what we can use creative ways to solve a lot of issues in our communities and we can also use creative art productions to bring a lot of people together to showcase the best um, talent from underrepresented um, um, backgrounds don't don't get the comm- sure visibility that they deserve. So for what we do for emerging creators, we do the same for black businesses as well. And that's what kind of segued to black economy to make sure that there are a lot of people doing amazing things, outstanding things, or are involved in so many things that everyday person and um, shouldn't be shortchanged. so there's a lot mm-hmm. of people that we have on our waiting list that would want to stock here um, there's a lot of people that we already have in the store that we are stocking but we want to make sure that for the everyday person that's walking down the road no they're not just um, short change and mm-hmm. not just seeing the same type of products maybe or for only people that can afford maybe the rent in high street areas like this so for us being able to be partnering with um, Shaftesbury to put something like this together. It's really like the first of its kind and, and, and we're looking mm. forward to doing more of it.
0: Mm. It was just an amazing thing coming oh, into your you so store. Much. And you know what? It's the same, right? Even in Carnaby Street, you know, I, you you might have seen that I'm, you know, campaign for small businesses, yeah. right? And yeah. for this independent high street. And what yeah. will that high street look like in, in the future? And at the moment, you know, I do walk down and even Carnaby Street, I've got to say, you know, you've got the chains in there. You've got um, the same... Products that I might see up north. There isn't a diversity in even what we're putting out there in product ranges, yeah. let alone the yeah. founders, let alone the creators. My hunch is that we're going to see a um, a new way of looking at retail. Like oh, it has cool. to happen. Yeah, yeah? I yeah. think that the, yeah. it's it's time. Okay, right. we're we're sort of in a cookie cutter society yeah. Yeah, where everything looks the same. Yeah. We've we've churned it out. Big chains and big companies have made a lot of money. Of okay. And now it's the time of the Aquarius. Everything yeah. is levelling yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that's that so that's true. what we're going to see in our high streets? Yeah,
2: I think it only takes one person to kind of um, do it. And people kind mm. of see that it can be done. And not only it can be done, but it should be done. Everyone here, all the stores here are here for people. So it only makes sense to do um, um um what the people want or to or to showcase what the people want to see and and, and we are very privileged to have a very Diverse, multicultural um, city like London, we need to celebrate more of it, and mm. it need to show in every aspect, you know, of our community. And it shouldn't just be sidelined um, only when it's October and we want to maybe celebrate Black History Month, or or maybe mm. when something happens in America and we all want to just, you know, um, 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 show our, our support in in different ways. It should be something that just yeah. we want to do every you day know, every day you know and 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 i feel like there's no pressure on anyone to just tick a box but just think about how best in your own small way or, or your own massive way you can create a change or make life better for the person that didn't get us ex- same you know experience or exposure or, or access growing up so it's just all about us mm. coming together to see how best we can make life better for each and every one of us so yeah. i believe that yeah. um for in everyone's small way there is something that they can do to make sure that that the spirit of inclusivity and diversity is well pioneered and it doesn't become something that looks like a monthly celebration at all. You know, I'm very much against yes. that. And I want it to be yeah, like, you know, very organic, natural flowing and just a part of our community.
0: It's not easy, you know, of course, uh, yeah. as a curator myself, right? Yeah. It's, it, what you've done there looks easy. It's not easy. You yeah. know, finding great products, finding great creators, yeah. understanding what's commercial, understanding what's not, you know, actually helping of course. the business themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you're the sort of, you're the shop owner. Right but it needs to work you know it's as you said it's not a tick what this has to be a commercial vibrant shop that we go into we're looking tell me how that's been and, and what do you think about the the curation aspect and has that been difficult because it's not easy.
2: Oh, oh, for sure I can tell you that it's not. I mean it looks <laughs> it looks very attractive to the eye when people see the Yenka Lowry shop front or when they get attracted in and they see all the colors and it looks well put together and that's also the dream because that's what's going to drive sales. But then in the the, the back end conversation um it's a lot of <laughs> entitlement from different brands you know there's a lot of people that want to have their their products in the space and we 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 know that you know everyone want to take advantage of that so you have to deal with that type of pressure and Mm -hmm. then on the other side too you know you have to make sure that this is curated well Because you're on Carnaby, so you, you have to kind of mirror the standards that are on these streets. And if we don't do that, then we're not doing the businesses that we're showcasing justice. So a lot of effort has to go into it. Like, um, we, we are given like an empty shell, an open space. So we have to like invest into the structures and we have a lot of running costs, the painting, the artwork, all of, all of those things just to make it look a certain type of way. Mm -hmm. And then now we have to have like a business registration form and, and, and filter through now we have a waiting list of over seven hundred businesses that want to get My into it. So even even going through that in terms of the very first co-tail businesses that are gonna fit well into it and then doing another rotation for Christmas and doing another rotation yes. for a reopening, it's a lot. And you know, sometimes you feel bad when you can't give someone an opportunity right there and then, but then that's why we come up with, you know, initiatives like the takeovers, because then a the business doesn't have to be stocked with us, but they can have two, three day takeovers. And everyone here is rent free, by the way. We don't charge any business to be stocked. Mm. We wanna make sure the right businesses are stocked in the in the store or in the space. Or getting the commercial visibility that they deserve, you know. So it's not just about the people that can. Cause we we learned something from the streets that we're on, you know. It's it, it if. It's almost the same. If you have the money, obviously you can you can pay for the business rate and pay for the rent. That's how a business works. But because of the social impact of this, we want to make sure it's not just for the people that can afford to to pay to be in the store, but actually the yeah. people that in quote exactly. deserve to be in the space. You know, so there's a you lot. You don't have the money, of course. You know, and and probably don't even are are based in in London but they would yes. love you know, to have to, um, um, their products showcased in a busy area like this. So there's a lot of processes and a lot of criteria before we select any single product to join what we already have curated in. And you can imagine that's a lot of work as well.
0: Yeah, I, uh, but I, it's exciting, I. hats off, I mean, right? I, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, how lovely. when And it was one of my favourite things, you know, not on the high street, is when people apply, right. you almost feel like you're opening a gift. Yeah. You know, you're like, yeah. what is it I'm going to see? <laughs> now, listen, I want to ask you, I hope you don't mind me asking no, this, fine. but you mentioned on your website that you overcame a suicide attempt yeah. after struggling with yeah. financial worries. Yeah. Firstly, I'm super sorry that you went through no, that's that, fine. but I that's was fine. wondering if you would feel comfortable just to tell us about that time and what it taught you.
2: I mean, um, at that moment is the first time, I've not the first time, but I've kind of separated from my, my family to go to another city. I wasn't born and raised here, you know, so after spending two years with my family um, in London, I kind of went to university, and that was like the first time in another, another city by myself. You know, I didn't have any government support. I didn't have any income coming in. I was just about to run out of money. I, I literally had so much... I thought it was just me against the world, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was was just me. So much
0: on your shoulders. Yeah,
2: and I didn't have a lot. I didn't have friends that I can um, speak about my immigration issue with and stuff like that. So it was a lot of issues that as a young black man I was just dealing with in a very foreign city. Um, So I just felt that you know what, well, I've probably come a long way myself. I've made it to London. I've made it to Coventry. I've made it to university. What else do I want in life? You know, if if I end it right here and then then that's just about it. So um I, I'm glad I didn't follow that route because it's turned out to be way better. Um, and then also um as a as a group we lost Um, a photographer to youth suicide and this was someone that was coming to our rehearsals taking pictures of our shows and we never thought that was going to happen you know so when it did happen it made us all realize that there is something that we need to do here we have a platform we have a um, we can create a lot of awareness. Let's just find different ways of showcasing social issues that a lot of young people deal with using creative ways. So for me, um, I'm glad I went through it because I know I can relate and have conversations with younger mm-hmm. generation about it. But then also, I would make I want to make sure that when I felt like there was no one I could speak to, I don't want people to feel that like it's okay to feel the fear or or have the anxiety or or feel suicidal. But also be aware that there is a helpline. Also be aware that it gets better. You know, if anything, mm. I want to use myself as a case study to say, I would have never yes. been able to open up this door. I will never be able to do our show in 02. I will never be able to help all these young, um, emerging creatives and black businesses. Yeah. If I took that decision, you know, in September 2009. Um, so I'm glad that I didn't. And if anybody's listening to, to me and wherever that is you're going through, it always gets better. You know, your path is destined as, as you have to go through the tough times and, and, it always gets better. That's the only thing I would like to say about it.
0: It's, I'm so firstly glad you didn't take that route either, right? Because you. what you're doing is phenomenal. But do you think that there is, you know, we talk about male suicide at the moment at this all time high. Yeah. What do you think the common denominators are there? About this, you know, it's something that we don't talk. You know, I'm predomin- My my business is predominantly female. We've right. got our own issues going yeah. on. We're, yeah. we're trying to raise awareness of actually women can build businesses as much yeah. as men of can, course. and all these sorts of things. But actually, as a mother of a son right. who is 16 years old, um, I have personally gone through the pressures of boys yeah. and men in yeah. this world at yeah. the moment with so many things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We, we're we're dealing with race. We're dealing of with course. the world. Yeah the environment we're dealing with women rising up sure. and, and sometimes you know men can I feel young men can feel disenfranchised they, right. they maybe don't find their place what, what's your take on that
2: yeah I, I 100% agree um with, even myself as an example there is already a disconnect um when it comes to Um, making certain type of people feel better about themselves. You know, when you're young, if you're black and you're a man growing up, it almost feels like, you know, you're strong or you can do this by yourself. You know, there isn't available support. Um, And you don't hear these words even growing up. You know, a lot of people that I've spoken to growing up in different ends, they're more like, you need to be tough you know you need to do this you need to do that there isn't like room for being vulnerable and room for you know being soft and thinking like this is human nature you don't always have to cover it or um, with all this bravado and I feel like as a community we need to allow men to be men you know as in like Mm -hmm. allow young men or young black men growing up to embrace every side of them that they need they want to and be whoever they want rather than making them go a certain type of way where it looks like you you, know, you, you have to be tough. I mean, it's, it's good to have a tough mentality, you know, but if yep. someone wants to open up, it should be okay for them to feel like, you know, they can cry or they, they can speak to someone about their mm-hmm. issue. I feel like we need to do better with the next generation um, because it's only going to get worse if they feel like they can only speak to their socials and not their human um, counterparts. So we need to make sure that we are showing a lot of love. And I feel like that's what is missing in our community. Yeah. We don't love each other, you know, regardless of who it is, what gender, what race, there should be constant affection. There should be, you know, I wouldn't want to hurt you Holly because I have love mm-hmm. for you. You know, I wouldn't want to steal from you because I have love for you. And I wouldn't want to see someone cry or even if they cry, I wouldn't want to be there for them. And I feel like, real love need to come back into our communities. Mm. A, a lot of black young black men don't feel loved, you know, so yeah. they channel that anger and that bitterness into all sorts, into crime, you know, into youth suicide, into whatever, into what type of music they want to make. And I think it's important that we start showcasing love, you know, and, 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 oh. and, and sharing it for the better part of our community.
0: Beautiful. I just feel like, i mean what more can you say i mean it's just i i I spoke to jay blades on this podcast um but he was speaking about when he was 50 years old Mm. he found himself homeless and not able to cry Mm. and he said you know his whole life he was told you should be a certain type of person you do not cry and right. that led to all sorts of things of happening in his life, yeah. right? Yeah. And he, he it was that moment, as you said, that he was allowed, some a friend of his, he calls it a guardian angel, mm. allowed him the space to be vulnerable. Right. And his whole right. life has changed. Of, and now look at what he's doing, course. okay? And yeah. this is at 50, yeah. but he wishes that it had been as sooner. Yeah. And it course. was bizarre yeah. what you are saying about love. I was today just, you know, this is how the universe works. Um, someone asked me a question about why I am who I am, mm. right? I mean, hello, <laughs> profound, <laughs> yeah. profound question. And I was going, hang on a minute, Michael. I've never <laughs> even asked this question. Mm. And he's, was a, he's a professor. He um, teaches business in yep. Oxford, in MIT. I mean, serious brainiac. Right. And I'm sitting there going, okay, mm. why do I do what I do? Yeah. And you know what I said, Kojo? I said, because I actually love people who I haven't met and I want to try and build a beautiful mm. life for them. Mm. Now, mm. I do that through business. I do that through trying to of inspire. Course, yeah. And he was like, so we don't teach that in business school. That's and I said, thing. okay, well, I, you know, that's what you don't get taught. So yeah. I only mention it, by the way, because right. what you, you said, of, uh, but maybe there is a common denominator here, course, isn't it? That yeah. we love people yeah. that we do not know. Yeah. So we're creating ways
2: yes.
0: for them to be the biggest versions of, of, of themselves. themselves.
2: Exactly. Wow,
0: maybe we're on to something here, right? And and I'm not the only one to know this about what you're doing because I know that Lovely Ade, the founder of Nubian Skin, she came to your um your amazing, amazing, yes, you're opening up, isn't it? And also the insanely, as you mentioned, uh, Yinke Laurie, he designed the artwork, yeah, right,
2: yeah. That's,
0: of the storefront yeah, yeah. and he's just done the Brits oh, yes, so that's yes, not yes. Uh, hello. He,
2: he has so much coming up this summer as well. We, My friend said we're living in Yankees London and I couldn't ab- agree any, any, any better. It's <laughs> uh,
0: anywhere you look isn't it? It's just, I was just looking today these amazing flags it's on the yeah,
2: screen. We, we we really live in Yenkes, London. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and then you also had Sadiq Khan as well, yes, as well yes, the Mayor yes, of London yes, didn't he yes. and he said Black in Carnaby is very impressive yeah. I haven't seen anything like it and we need more of this yeah. in London yeah. and then obviously Oswald as well you know he came along and he said I wish I had this growing up what my runway group is doing for emerging creatives is outstanding tell me from your point of view sure. what has been the highlight for you in this pop-up in Carnaby
2: I think um, being able to to prove that this is a need, um, it's being taken mm-hmm. on as a community um, project. People that you know come out of like Central London just literally want to go check out the Black Store in Central London just to have a look, you know. And also being being able to put Black-owned business in a in in, in shop window, it has attracted different types of people, even people that ask me what that what does a Black-owned business mean, you know. So it's just open up a lot of conversation. So to me, um, we wanted this to be disruptive and and I can see it happening and and I'm very glad that we're given the opportunity to prove that this is a need and now we can use this as a pilot scheme to kind of scale up and and, and replicate this across the whole of UK you know so I, I'm very happy with what we've achieved as a team um with the short period of being here and then how well people have taken us, you know a lot and this is like I feel like I keep saying that the paycheck is never financial. It's when you hear people say these things, to say, you've actually done so well, like you've actually put something together that is historic. And and even when people bring their kids so they feel inspired, just not to buy anything, Mm. just walk around and and be able to bask in the Mm. glory of this. Mm. It's just amazing in itself. So I'm very, very excited with what myself and the team have been able to put together.
0: What is the future? So you've got this space okay and you're sort of is is this a pilot is this do you have ambitions to be more physical and on on the high street
2: yeah, yeah you go to sure. adapt
0: this online what what's your what's your feeling as a founder an entrepreneur
2: um i think um we always react to what the community wants or deserves um and i think we've 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 proven what we wanted to do on carnaby um the project i feel like w- Needs to move around, so we'll happily move the concept to like another area just so like different types of footfall people can um witness mm-hmm. and experience this beautiful you know thing that we 've created also we're definitely going to consider having an e commerce version so that a lot more people that can 't come to London you know are able to still support businesses and purchase from the beautiful curation of businesses that we've put together online, and then also we can move this um almost like a torrent different parts of London before we do yeah, um, yeah. other parts of, this, of, the, of the country as well.
0: Oh, wow. Definitely. So it's going to go on tour. It's going to go on tour.
2: <laughs> fingers fingers Come crossed. Coming to a city near you. <laughs>
0: yeah, you heard it here first. And um, if a Black-owned business is listening to this podcast now and wants to be featured or work with you in the future, how would they get in contact with no, you? Oh,
2: definitely. Yeah. So we have a business um, registration page on our website, www.myrunwaygroup.com um, and then you can just fill your uh, the inquiries and then we get back to you um some some businesses go straight to the um the store because we don't have anything at all like that others have to join a waiting list and then others can apply for a takeover as well and then we can give them different slots as well so there's always something in there for someone.
0: I could talk to you for ages. Same. Please, can I book a time to come and see you and go for... Uh, yeah, I'm always I don't know, available. Either tea or a beer or something. Do you for know what sure. I mean? Like we've got, got Carnaby Street or something. I would absolutely <laughs> yes, love to chat that. to you more. Let's do that. Of I'd course. love that. Yeah. I've got two final questions before sure. you go that I'm asking everybody on this podcast. Because right. this mini-series that I'm doing is all about us voting with our money. Right, Voting with our money.
2: Yeah. Yeah,
0: spend it with a black owned business, spend it on people that you believe in over the giants like Amazon and you know, I'm not Amazon bashing, but I'm just saying we have power in our pounds, we We have power in our money. And you know, you've impacted 10,000 black owned businesses so far in your Mm. period of time that you've been doing this. I can only imagine what you're going to do in the future. So tell me, what does it mean to you when someone votes with their money, buys from a black owned business and supports your small business?
2: Um, what i've realized is that it's not just about you partnering with your money but what you're doing is you're instilling confidence into someone somewhere that you probably will never meet but you're able to add to their confidence building to make sure that something they've created is appreciated by someone that they will probably never meet as well also you're helping build an e an, a, an economy of black entrepreneurs and founders you know the more people get sales the more they feel like this works and this deserves to go on so you're continuing a your legacy and you're being part of something beautiful so if you can only if you can mm. make sure that you support with your pound or with your money towards these initiatives
0: and what are your favorite small businesses now this is going to be super difficult sure. for you to uh, talk uh, about uh, but what uh, are your favorite small businesses that you would like to give a shout out to on this podcast that we can all go away right now and go and support
2: yeah so definitely um seven stores so they do these beautiful tracksuit Outward um, brand you should check out sevenstores.com um, and also Feli. Feli has um, um, these homeware vases that are really really cool so those two people are who I'll probably put forward as my favourite brands at the moment.
0: Okay and how do you spell the last one?
2: Feli is dot uk. so felly.co.uk.
0: okay Gosh, that's going to be great. I'm going to get straight on it. I love a good recommendation. Kojo, thank thank you you. so, so much. This is, you know, just the beginning for you and me because I I just passionately believe in what you're doing. Well done for standing up and doing it because I know that this is not for the faint of heart, right? Just building any business, let alone curating, (laughs) let alone dealing with the crowds and everything like that. But I just want to say well done. Thank you for being on this podcast and I will see you for that beer in carnaby streets sure
2: definitely i look forward to spending some time with you holly thank you so much for having me
0: you know the thing is about this episode speaking to steffi founder of chocolate smiths and kojo founder of my runway group is that the whole business that they have created in a way are commercial entities of course But at the heart of their brand, at the heart of their existence, the heart of Steffi, the heart of Kojo, it was to help other people. And I think this is something that we can all take away. I I talk about it a lot, how to build a good life business. What is it that's more than just what you create or the service you provide? What do people remember you by? What does their heart feel? And I think that there is an element of being of service that we should insert into every company out there, not only because it's fantastic as a brand story and a a company that people can get involved in, but also isn't that the point of why we're here? Should we not be all of service to others? in some way and isn't a business the most wonderful mechanism in order to do that so I come away with Steffi and Kojo in my heart not in my mind in my heart as absolute inspiration that I'm on the right path and maybe you want to take that away today and just think how can I be of service A huge thanks to Dell Technologies, NatWest and Royal Mail, our small business supporters, for joining us to bring Campaign Shop Independent to life this summer for the first time, including this very special podcast. Please join the campaign and get involved. Over the coming months, we will be sharing all the ways that you can support the campaign, including the first ever official hashtag Shop Independent Day, the 25th of June. Put it in your diary and also you can head over to holly.co for all the latest information and finally one other ask if you have enjoyed this episode please do subscribe rate and review because each time you spread the word it empowers someone else to build their good life